Thank you for joining us for episode 368 of Live Happy Now. You wouldn't dream of driving your car without any gas, but many of us think nothing of operating our lives on an empty tank. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and this week I'm talking with cognitive neuroscientist Sarah Mednick, author of the new book, The Hidden Power of the Downstate. Sarah's pioneering research on sleep led her to also study our body's natural rhythms and look at how spending too much time in our upstate is leaving us unhappy, exhausted, and unhealthy. She explores the need to discover our downstate so we can refill that tank and enjoy a healthier, happier life. Join me today as she talks about how these two states work together for better physical and emotional health and explains some of the simple changes you can make to make a big difference. Sarah, welcome to Live Happy Now. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. You know, you changed our life with your book on napping. I was telling you that I have referenced it so much. That's been, gosh, almost seven years since that came out, isn't it? The end of 2006. So, oh, wow. Long time. Yeah. yeah it's been wise. much longer. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's like, it's so relevant still. And I've been using that. And then when I found out you had another book coming out, I was super excited. And I got to say, it does not disappoint. Oh, thank you. Just like you led us into new territory with napping, you are now taking us into learning about the downstate. And this book, The Power of the Downstate, is absolutely incredible. And I guess before we dive into talking about it, would you explain what the difference is between our upstate and our downstate? That's a great question. And really just like the principle of the book is the idea that we are rhythmic animals, like every animal, every creature on the planet, plants, bacteria, humans, primates, non-primates, we're all rhythmic, meaning that we have optimal times for activity and going and being and doing and pushing ourselves and optimal times. And that's the upstate. And then that's followed that half of that rhythm is followed by the other half of the rhythm, which is the downstate, which is all the opportunities that we have to replenish ourselves, recharge the battery, restore all the energy and all the nutrients and the glucose that we expended in the upstate. And we need to literally just restock and even give ourselves a little bit more than we had last time because last time was probably pretty stressful. And so you need to really constantly prioritize putting yourself into the down state so that you can be ready for the next upstate. And what made you start looking at this topic? Because it's not, even though we hear a lot about, oh, you need to recharge or things like that. You need to take time for yourself. You dive into it in a way that I don't think has been done before. What yeah. triggered that? Yeah, it's a good question. It was a sort of a slowly evolving process where you know, when I first put out the Take a Nap, Change Your Life, all about my research and my PhD dissertation was about napping and saying, oh, wow, napping is doing a lot more than you think it is. And one of the papers I put out was a nap is as good as a night for learning, right? So you could get a lot of benefits from a nap. There was this mentality of kind of push yourself, push yourself, and then use a nap to get two days out of one day, you know, push yourself, push yourself. And what was great about beginning being at the start of the sleep and cognition field was that I saw a huge change in the type of research that we're doing. And our research is much more technologically advanced now than it was before. And when we started doing all this really deeper analysis of sleep and brain activity during sleep, we found something called a slow wave. And the slow wave is the slowest activity your brain ever does. And it 
basically, this is where I got the word, it has an upstate and a downstate. It takes a second for the slow wave to occur. And this is where all of your restorative work is being done during sleep. This is the critical part of doing all the restocking of all your nutrients and energy and at the same time, protein synthesis. It's also where all your deeper memories get consolidated. It's also where your plumbing system that washes out all the toxins in your brain every night, it happens during the slow wave. This is a super important feature of sleep. And I was studying this and then I wanted to also say, well, you know, I know sleep isn't just the brain itself. It's also, there's a body that goes to sleep as well. So I was interested in the autonomic nervous system, which has always been traditionally considered just a system that takes care of the basic water and power functions of, you know, your temperature and your pH balance and your breathing and just keeping you alive. But what I started discovering was there's a lot more to the autonomic nervous system and it really has a rhythm itself. It has an upstate, which is the sympathetic nervous system, what I call rev in the book, because you're revving up. And it has a downstate, the restore system, which is the parasympathetic system. All of those, the wear and tear of being in the upstate gets restored. And so when I started seeing, okay, we have an upstate and a downstate in the brain, we have an upstate and a downstate in the body. Where else do we have these upstates and downstates? And that's when I realized, oh, they're everywhere. And that's because <laughs> when nature finds a pattern that works, you know, really a place that you can make sure you get both the upstate and the downstate prioritized, it just keeps repeating itself. And that's where the idea of putting the book together came from is saying, if you can figure out that you are a rhythmic being and that that means that you need to prioritize the downstate just as much as the upstate, and then you can figure out how to work with that with how you eat, how you exercise, how you sleep, and how you're active. That is a powerful tool. I think people would be surprised to discover that this is a manual. This is an instruction manual in so many ways because it goes into every area of your life and you start really understanding how profoundly this affects us on every level. So can you talk a little bit about the science of it and the difference in how our body feels in an upstate versus a downstate. Keeping a consistent schedule and really keeping all your upstate activities during a specific time where you're primed and optimized for those activities, you actually have way more energy. You have your body set up to be way more able to focus. Your mind can focus better. Your memory works better. Your own emotional systems are all sort of humming along better. And you're much less prone to taking things too hard or being super stressed out because you have these systems in place that support you in a way that if you try to do these same things during a time where you're tanked, whole system is run out of battery and you're just kind of on 10% battery, you're not able to handle life in those times. So the idea is, I love that you say it's a manual because it is really the idea of saying, find out how your upstate and downstate rhythm works and really push the upstate activities to occur your energy depleting activities, make those occur during the upstate because then you'll have this downstate that is really active. Like it's a very replenishing downstate where you're not trying to sort of work against your own system. Yeah. You know, one thing I did as a result of reading your book, I tend to work too late into the day and then I try to do my workout after that. 
and I was getting really frustrated because by the time I got done working, I'm like, I know I got to eat something <laughs> and yeah. exercise is so important. And I was really getting frustrated. And so your book is like hitting me over the head with it and started doing that at noon before I go eat lunch. Boom. Not only did I have like incredible results in terms of my performance and being stronger at what I do, then I feel better the whole rest of the day and my attitude's better. And then I don't have that frustration at the end of the day, like I should have done this. And once again, I didn't. And so it was a perfect example of how just recognizing your upstate and leveraging it can really make a tremendous difference. Yeah, particularly, I think that things like exercise, even thinking, these things that really require a lot of your resources to do, we have specific times of day where they work the best. Our muscles are strongest in the afternoon, but your cardiovascular system is strongest in the morning, right? So when you want to get the most out of like a hit workout, the best time to do it is the morning. And then the benefit of thinking about it in terms of rhythms is that then that huge upstate that you put yourself through in the morning is followed by a really deep, rich downstate. And if you can time it right, your downstate will coincide with sleep. And one of the ideas in the book that I think is really important is that when your rhythms are in sync with each other, they resonate and they get stronger. And the restorative aspect of your downstate will actually expand and improve. So if you can have that sort of exercise downstate happen at the same time as your sleep downstate, you actually get way more recovery and a larger restorative response. And also you sleep better because right. that evening exercise is jacking up your sympathetic nervous system and going to make it much harder for you to fall asleep because your heart rate's up. It takes a long time for everything to calm down. Being mindful about your schedule in terms of eating is the same thing. You know, with eating, you jack up your sympathetic rev, you rev yourself up, you get increased inflammation, you jack up the oxidative stress response, and that's all rev, you know, that's all upstate stuff. Putting all of your eating to an earlier time of day means that you're giving your metabolism a really nice big fat downstate, which is hugely beneficial, which is why all this intermittent fasting stuff works. You know, people don't really talk about the why of it. They just mm -hmm. say, do this and it'll work. Well, the why is that your metabolism needs rest, just like your heart needs rest, just like your brain needs rest. Yeah. And there's so many things that we just didn't know. Your book really delves into these ideas that, oh, okay, that's why that works. And that's why I feel this way. And what does happen if we spend too much time in our upstate? Well, that's what we're in right now, right? We're in a time mm -hmm. where it's just incredibly hard to control turning off the upstate, especially right now when we're in this mega transition to come back into sort of the post-pandemic world, right? And so there's a lot of transitions that are happening, and those transitions are very taxing on our minds and our bodies, because just think back to like March 20, 
20, when we went from having all of our systems in place, yes, life was stressful, but we made time for the things that we needed to make time for. And then suddenly everything was thrown up in the air. We had to suddenly figure out whole new schedules, all new rhythms for everything that we were doing, including getting dressed and what we were eating during the day and how we exercised and how we got our work done and taking care of our kids and our parents and all that stuff, right? So then we found a sort of a stasis. And it was stressful because it's a scary world out there, but at least our system started falling into a rhythm. Now we're back at that place where we have to reestablish rhythms and it's very taxing Mm -hmm. on the system. So I thinking that we can focus and just jump back into like the idea of jumping back into something, it's a different world than it was two years ago. So we have to really establish all new rhythms and that takes a long time can take months. And we have to just give ourselves a lot of, I would say, care, (laughs) you know, really care about setting up rhythms for ourselves that work with this new reality that we're in. Because what we're doing instead is just kind of pushing ourselves and making the upstate way too long and putting all of the heavy lifting on sleep at the end of the night when we haven't done anything during the day to sort of lessen that upstate stress. I think we're in this kind of interesting transition right now. Yeah. It's like going a hundred miles an hour all day. And then it's like, okay, I can finally crash and go to sleep. And then we wonder why our mind is still going a hundred miles an hour and why we're not getting that quality of sleep. And so how do we find this balance and how much time do we need to be spending in our downstate? If you think about just say, you know, from the beginning of when you wake up, you're just pushing yourself and you're kind of increasing this, this energy mass that's just constantly outputting. So instead of thinking that you just, you know, push yourself all the way until you're exhausted and crash at the end of the night, there's a lot of things we can do during the day that just takes us out of that upstate game and levels us off so that by the end of the night, we are not in a state of overexertion and super revved up and incredibly difficult for us to fall asleep. So things that bring our autonomic nervous system back into more restore mode, a lot of it starts with your breath, being in a state where you're doing slow, deep breathing. What that does is it just sends a signal to your rev, your sympathetic, excitable rev response that it can stand down that I've got control of this situation. I don't have to do this like fast panicky, shallow breathing. I can actually control my breath and I can do deep, slow, five seconds in, five seconds out breathing. It's so simple, but it sends such a strong message of safety and self-control that it really calms us down, which is why breath is at the root of so many, you know, meditation and Tai Chi and yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, It's because breath is really the root of our control of that kind of rev restore ratio. Also thinking about your timing of your exercise so that you push your exercising to earlier, the more kind of cardiovascularly intense exercise to earlier in the day when you have more resources and really think about that, you know, your whole day is part of your rhythm, right? So what are you doing that sparks you up in the morning and then allows you to have a slow decline and a slow kind of retreat by the end of the evening? And then 
being in nature, taking a walk, not in the city streets, but actually in a park, spending time under trees and sitting on grass, anything that just connects you with the natural world is hugely beneficial for your restorative system. So, you know, taking that exercise out of the gym and into a park or onto the beach or wherever you can be that just allows you to breathe really fresh air and take in all the phytochemicals from the trees that actually are good for our immune system as well. And being outside doing this kind of green exercise also makes this exercise longer. And we exercise with, yeah, yeah. People who, you know, when you compare timing in the gym versus time outside exercise is usually longer and people want to do it more because you can also bring friends, right? You take a walk with a friend in a park. You don't really chat with them very much if you're at the gym. And also just that socializing, right? Like connecting with your community, connecting with people who love you, all of that makes you feel safe. And that safety signal is incredibly important for keeping Restore supercharged throughout the day. So that by the time you get to the end of your day, your levels are pretty well even, right? You're not super tanked and reaching for whatever alcohol is going to take you out. Right? <laughs> like, which is, I think, so often what we do is like, well, this is my liquid down state. Well, it's not actually, right? It's just, it's a way to numb out because you're so stressed. Yeah. And I think, especially during the pandemic, that became really common, you know, when you look at how much alcohol consumption increased. And I think a lot of people are still there. They're kind of like, I'm not quite ready to let that go. (laughs) No, I know. Exactly. Yeah. People really use alcohol as a way of taking themselves out of the game because if I was doing all these things that I just said during the day and I get to, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock and my kids are home and I got to make dinner and like, and I'm not totally drained. Do I need that drink? You know, it's just a question to ask. I feel like there's nothing wrong with alcohol itself, but it's just becoming mindful of why you're doing things and how you're doing things. Like alcohol is not going to help your sleep. Is that also a good choice? When are you drinking and how much? That's a great thought. We tend to think of this on a day-to-day basis. Like, okay, if I make these changes, I'm going to feel better this week, this month. But talk about long-term physically and emotionally what it does to, well, let's look at the negative side. Like when we stay in the upstate, what is that doing to us long-term? Part of the research I do is in aging. One of the most shocking findings that I setting, because here I am heading (laughs) into 50. (laughs) None of us are going on the down (laughs) other side. Yeah. It's just not like we're not getting any better. Right. And bringing people in 16 above, and you look at young adults and you bring them into the sleep lab. When they go to sleep, they have this huge restore response where basically naturally during sleep, our parasympathetic is in its prime. And its sleep is its natural time to calm down rev and to increase restore. And I thought that was just the way it was, right? But then I started bringing older adults into the lab and looking at their sleep and there's zero increases in restore response in older adults. And that's troubling because the natural system for replenishing and restoring our tanks and pairing all of the damage and wear and tear of the upstate, if that naturally happens during sleep in our restore response when we're younger, but then we lose the restore response as we get older, that actually made a lot of sense as why older adults are aging faster than ever before, right? Because we're dropping and we're losing so much of the activities 
and the standards and our boundaries, our health boundaries that keep restore in place. We're not paying attention to how much exercise we're getting, how much light we're getting during the day, what kind of light we're getting at night, how much stress we allow into our lives when we're taking care of our kids and then our parents and our careers and all these different aspects. We just start giving away all of our downstate activities in order to serve other people, right? In order to be of service, in order to get ahead, in order to do all the things we need to do. And that takes its toll. There's a lot of research showing that what you're doing in your 40s and 50s can predict your risk for dementia and Alzheimer's in your 60s and 70s. I think that the aging process starts when we're in midlife, when we start to really give up on those standards and those downstate practices. And then it only just gets worse as we get older and we stop prioritizing all these things that we really need to be prioritizing. Where does someone start to enhance their chance of having a longer, healthier, happier adulthood, older adulthood? Well, in my book, I have a chapter called The Plan. And the plan is, it's a downstate recovery plus plan. And what that means is that it's a way for you to week by week, add specific downstate activities and health boundaries that really enhance your downstate. And it's from four different categories. One is the autonomic nervous system. One is sleep and circadian rhythm. One is exercise and one is nutrition. And so you know, and there's basically five or six items under each action items, I call them under each domain. And if you just start on the process of just adding one of those a week, or, you know, one of those a month or one of those every three months, whatever it is that it, however long it takes you to make it a habit, they're small, but powerful. They're simple, but they work. That just seems like such a simple thing to do, but actually making it a priority to do every day in your life sets you up for success later in life. Uh, so what would you say, what is the one thing that you really hope that people take away from this conversation, not just this conversation, take away from the book? Yes, that if you start to sort of think about yourself as one whole system, that there isn't a silver bullet of just eat this one supplement or just do this one type of exercise. No one action is going to take care of all your problems that you have to really think about yourself as a whole system with a bunch of subsystems in there. And everything is interrelated. You know, how you sleep affects how you eat, affects how you exercise, affects all the different aspects of your day. So really, I think just thinking about yourself as, as an integrated system that you can work with that actually does follow a very simple plan in terms of these rhythms and upstates and downstates. And so just getting in touch with that naturally, and it's free, you know, and it's, we're all just these little animals and we should just focus on more of the natural activities that we can do um, that accentuate our sort of inborn restorative processes. That's terrific. I love it. Sarah, thank you for talking with us today. I really appreciate all the wisdom that you've brought to us and how much you're helping us navigate our non-busy times and teaching us why not to be so busy. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure talking. That was cognitive neuroscientist Sarah Mednick talking about the hidden power of the downstate. If you'd like to follow Sarah on social media or find out more about her book, visit our website at livehappy.com and click on the podcast tab. 
That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.